Hey there, hashtag Heather here, and welcome back to Books for Boys and Girls. Today we'll be reading What to Do About Alice by Barbara Curley and illustrated by Edwin Fotheringham. What to Do About Alice How Alice Roosevelt Broke the Rules, Charmed the World, and drove her father, Teddy, crazy. Theodore Roosevelt had a small problem. It wasn't herding thousands of cattle across the Dakota Badlands. He'd done that. It wasn't leading the Rough Riders as they charged up Kettle Hill. He'd done that too. He'd bagged a grizzly bear, captured outlaws, governed the state of New York, and served as Vice President of the United States. And still, he had a problem. Her name was Alice. Alice Lee Roosevelt was hungry to go places, meet people, do things. Father called it running riot. Alice called it eating up the world. From the time she was a little girl, Alice ate up the world. Her mother had died in 1884, two days after Alice was born. Father was sad. Everyone was sad for Alice. But she didn't remember her mother. She did not want to grow up hearing them say, the poor little thing. She wanted to see how high the spring sprang on her grandparents' favorite sofa. Father remarried and had more children. But every morning, Alice still cried, Now, pig! Until father gave her a piggyback ride downstairs to breakfast. The family moved between New York and Washington, D.C., following father's jobs. Wherever they went, Alice ate up the world. She rode across Oyster Bay for picnics on the beach through the parks of Washington pretending to be a fiery horse. She learned to love crusty French rolls and English tea served piping hot. She read voraciously and drank in father's tales of Davy Crockett, George Armstrong Custer, and Daniel Boone. Instead of going to school, Alice was taught at home with lots of time for exploring. In New York City, she watched the students of Miss Spence's boarding school walk oh so primly down the sidewalk. That didn't look like much fun to Alice. She wanted to own a pet monkey and wear pants. As Alice got older, doctors noticed that her legs weren't growing properly. For the next several years, she'd have to wear braces. Sometimes, while she walked or ran, the braces would lock up, pitching Alice face first to the ground. She did not want anyone saying the poor little thing about that either. When Alice's leg braces finally came off, father encouraged her to ride a bicycle. He hoped it would help her feel less 
cautious. Alice loved her new freedom. She roamed the streets of Washington, from the Capitol steps to the gypsy camps by the racetrack. She joined an all-boys club, but the boys arrived in disguise until Father discovered the ruse. He grumbled. Alice was unruly and inconsiderate. She was turning into a tomboy. Enough was enough. It was time for Alice to attend Miss Spence's boarding school and learn to be a proper young lady. Alice was appalled. The idea completely shriveled her. Every afternoon, all summer long, she made a point of going to her room to weep. Father couldn't bear to see Alice so unhappy. When school started in the fall, Alice stayed home after all. She came up with her own solution for her education. She said to Father, let me loose in your library. She taught herself astronomy, geology, even Greek grammar. She read Twain, Dickens, Darwin, and the Bible, cover to cover. Every morning, she told Father what she had learned the day before. She also grew ever more curious about politics as Father's career soared higher and higher. The discussions around the breakfast table, the stream of people seeking Father's advice, and the excitement of election night. In 1901, when Alice was 17, Father became President of the United States. The whole family moved into the White House. Alice tried to be helpful. She watched her younger brothers and sister so her stepmother could get some rest. With her pet snake, Emily Spinach, which Alice had named for its color and its resemblance to a very thin aunt, she welcomed father's visitors. He sputtered to a friend, I can be president of the United States, or I can control Alice. I cannot possibly do both. As daughter of the president, Alice assumed her role as goodwill ambassador. She helped open the Buffalo Exposition, riding a camel, and watching the Hochi Kochi dancers. She christened the Kaiser's yacht with great fanfare and a large bottle of champagne. She visited plantations in Cuba and schools in Puerto Rico, all on her best official behavior. Father delightedly wrote to her, you were of real service down there because you made those people feel that you liked them and took an interest in them, and your presence was accepted as a great compliment. He warned Alice time and time again, however, not to let newspaper reporters catch her gallivanting around. He reminded her that nice people did not want to see their names in the paper. Beware of publicity, father said. Do not talk to reporters. Oh, Alice. Everyone loved Alice. A songwriter wrote, Alice, where art thou? And bands everywhere played it. 
Mothers named their baby girls Alice. Alice even had a color named after her, Alice Blue, that matched the color of her blue-gray eyes. The press called her Princess Alice. Other young ladies rode in carriages. Alice drove her runabout fast. She two-stepped till the wee hours of the morning. She was even caught betting on a horse race. Letters poured in to father from conservative women's groups. Alice's behavior was outrageous, they said. In 1905, father began his second term as president. As he was being sworn in, Alice waved madly to her friends until father finally told her to sit down. You're making a show of yourself, he grumbled. Well, you do it, Alice protested. Why shouldn't I? But this is my inauguration, father replied. He got right back to work, brokering a peace treaty between Russia and Japan. Meanwhile, Alice asked if she might join the American delegation heading to Asia. The papers trumpeted the news. Alice boarded the ship in San Francisco with two large hat boxes, four trunks, and oodles of boxes and bags. Alice had a marvelous time. She danced the hula in Hawaii. She jumped fully clothed into the ship's swimming pool. She watched sumo wrestling in Japan, reviewed the troops in the Philippines, and toured the gardens of the Empress of China, receiving many gifts along the way. After four months, Alice returned with two large hat boxes, four trunks, oodles of boxes and bags, and 23 cases of loot. Father was not amused. Alice also brought home a fiance, Nicholas Longworth, a debonair congressman who had been on the trip. And what did she want for wedding presents? Trinkets, said Alice. Preferably diamond trinkets from all over the world. Friends, dignitaries, and total strangers sent her gifts. Jewelry, fur coats, silver vases, cakes, clocks, furniture, sewing machines, washing machines, popcorn, bales of hay, a load of coal, a box of snakes, a pair of turtle doves, and a Boston Terrier with its own wardrobe of dog clothes. She even got a pet monkey. She'll accept anything, friends said, except a red-hot stove. The White House wedding was a social event of the season. 800 guests watched Father walk Alice down the aisle. Alice jumped into her new role as wife of a congressman, hurrying home from Congress for quick meals of scrambled eggs before rushing back to hear the debates. But she was still the daughter of the president. As her love and knowledge of politics grew, she quickly became one of Father's most trusted advisors and ardent champions. And she still ate up the world, dancing the turkey trot at diplomatic balls and playing poker with the boys. She even created the Night Riders, 
who galloped to the house of friends and bellowed until invited in for snacks. And father, even after he left the presidency, he remained one of the country's most popular politicians, leading Americans in times of hardship and prosperity. But there was one problem that Theodore Roosevelt never quite solved. What to do about Alice? The end. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. I really hope you enjoyed the story. If there is a specific book that you would like to hear, please let me know. You can send me a voice message using the Anchor app or feel free to email me at hashtag heatherjohnson at gmail.com. And also please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe so that way we can continue to make improvements to the podcast. All right, then. Well, until next time, take care and keep reading so that wisdom may enter your heart and knowledge may be pleasant to your soul. Love you guys. Bye-bye.